We are in our Advent series called Peace. And I don't know if you're like me, but when Pastor Sam and I were talking about uh, this Advent series, he said, I I think we ought to talk about peace. And I thought, what a perfect thing for us to talk about. We, We live in a world right now where it seems like everything's upside down. It's a world gone mad. We're not sure exactly what's coming next. We're not sure what things are going to be told on the news. We're not sure what we're going to see on social media. And in this world, I want you to know, peace can be found. Look at your neighbor, stare deeply into those beady little bloodshot, bagpacked eyes, and say, hey, I hope you experience, this is really, you're saying this, right? Look at them, lock eyes, here we go, let's try, hey, I hope you experience the peace of God this morning. All right, I hope you meant it, right? Some of you are like, I think they meant it. I was pretty sure that they meant it. Uh, it. It is an incredible thing for us to be able to gather. If you're on site, uh, we want you to know that we're glad that you're here. Thanks for following all the regulations and pathways and things. If you're online, good morning. We are so glad to see you. If you're in the family experience or over in the preschool area, it is a joyful thing for us to be together today. As we talk about peace, it's important to remember when we talk about peace, sometimes people mean different things. For some people, when they say peace, they're thinking about mindfulness and kind of this subjective inner calm. For others, it it may be uh, some sort of armistice or a ceasefire in a war-torn country. For some, it, it may mean that for just a few moments, they had some peace and quiet by themselves. But when we talk about godly peace... It's important to remember that when we talk about this godly peace, that it is brought about by God because of what Christ has done. We have peace because God has reconciled us to himself by the cross. And so when we talk about peace this morning, it's not just that I hope you're able to, in a holiday season that's already busy with a myriad of things to do, that you slow down a minute. It's something much more. It is a spirit gift, fruit that's born in the lives of those who have been saved by Jesus Christ. So this morning, we're going to be talking about what it looks like to pursue peace, the pursuit of peace with others. We talked about having peace with God. We've talked about having peace with ourselves. And now we want to talk about having peace with others. But I gave you an assignment last week. We got a memory verse, right? 2 Thessalonians 3.16. I know you've all committed it to memory, right? May the Lord of peace himself, you with me? Is it on the screen? All right, I know you're with me, right? Give you peace at how many times? In how many ways? In every way. And then I told you, we, you can adjust this. The Lord be with y'all if you want to, right? Uh, uh, how many of you... Show of hands, how many of you texted it to two people this last week? Oh, all right, good. I, I know there were several because uh, I, I know of people who said, hey, people have been texting me that verse and it's been so encouraging. Here's my admonition to you again this week. Think of someone in your life, someone who's hurting, someone who needs some encouragement. Text them that verse. The Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times in every way. The Lord be with you. 
It was one of those things where, you know, I, I give out those assignments and you wonder, okay, well, what does that look like? And in my own life last, last week, my mom was back at Vanderbilt. They're looking at, you know, cancer treatments and what's next. And it was one of those things where one of our elders sent her that verse after I asked them to pray for mom. And so mom texted me. She said, I know you put them up to it, but I sure am grateful for it. Send somebody a text. Tell them that there is peace to be found. It matters. But today, I, I kind of agree with Charlie Chaplin who said, I'm at peace with God. My conflict is with man. Right? I, I, I'm at peace with God. My conflict is with man. There are those times in our relationships and in our lives where we struggle to be at peace with one another. And the Bible helps us to understand how we should engage and how we should think about that. So this morning, I want us to talk about what does it look like to pursue peace. We're going to talk about five things about peacemaking, and then I'm going to give you a little acrostic out of the word peace, P-E-A-C-E, and we're going to talk about how we can seek peace. But if you have your Bibles this morning, we're going to begin at Romans chapter 12, beginning in verse number 9. I want to invite you to stand with me that we might honor the reading of God's Word together this morning. The Bible says this, Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice, but weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. For by, doing, for by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. May God bless the reading of his word. Let's pray together. God, we come before you this morning. We declare our need for you. God, I confess to these gathered here, there's nothing good in me but Jesus. So I pray that you take this servant, take my mind, my mouth, my heart. Lord, I belong to you. Speak to us. Thank you for your word. And give us ears to hear. More importantly, give us hearts that will submit and swiftly obey. Help us, O Lord, for we need it. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. As we think about peace... There's some things I want us to know about peacemaking. We, we talked about this, but peacemaking starts with God. Peacemaking starts with God. You see, if you want to think about Romans 12, when it breaks down, he starts out with living sacrifice, how we die to ourselves, how we live unto God. Then he talks about an evaluation, a sober assessment of our faith and our giftedness. And then he, he comes down through there and, and he wants us to understand not only the practical ways that this functions among Christians, but then he also talks about how we might serve our enemies. 
And in this, as we walk through it, all of this has to start with God. 2 Corinthians 5, 18 says, All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ. Be reconciled to God. When it comes to understanding peace, we have to know that it starts with God. When it comes to this, a lot of people are religious. A lot of people are spiritual. There are a lot of people in our world that say, you know what? Yeah, me and God, it's kind of like Charlie Chaplin. I I got peace with God. It's others that I got conflict with. But I think sometimes we relegate a relationship to God as if it's this, you know, amorphous, kind of outside ourselves, not real personal. How do we even connect with God other than we do religious things? But that's not the way that the Bible describes a relationship with God. It is a living, vibrant, active thing. It's not that you checked the right boxes and you did the right things. It is that God, when you were dead in your trespasses and sins, initiated peace. And the way he accomplished it was by giving himself through the Son. Peace starts with God. Second thing is this, peacemaking is difficult. Anybody ever get frustrated with somebody else? I don't know if you're like me, but there, there are those times where various people, they frustrate me. And a lot of times in frustration, we all handle it different way. We all have different temperaments. You know, you have those that don't like conflict. You have those who love conflict. You have those who want to talk about it right now, those who want to go away and process it. You have all these different personalities and all these things. But I want you to know, when it comes to peacemaking, you got to recognize it is difficult. It has to be an actively pursued thing, and it's never just done. It's something you have to stay with. Peacemaking is difficult. Proverbs twelve twenty says, uh, "Deceit in the heart of those who desire there's deceit in the heart of those who desire evil, but those who plan peace have joy." And if you have a peacemaker, that by necessity implies that there are peace wreckers, right? We all know those. Who is it that's trolling you right now? Who is it in your house that's like? They know that they've got your last nerve, and now they're using it for a jump rope. Who is it in your life that you know knows how to push your buttons, and right now they're like pushing it over and over and over? We all have those places in our lives where we need to make peace. Peacemaking is necessary. The psalmist says that we should turn away from evil, do good, and we need to seek peace and pursue it. Paul tells us in 2 Timothy that we're supposed to uh, flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on God from a pure heart. When it comes to this idea of peacemaking, it starts with God. It's difficult, but it's also necessary. We have to work at it. But peacemakers seek to build bridges, not burn them. Peacemakers seek to build bridges, 
not burn them. I love what Thomas Watson says. It is Satan who kindles the flames of contention in men's hearts and then stands and warms himself at the fire. It's one of those things for us when we feel that we have been offended. It's amazing. We immediately take up arms. We cannot believe that someone would behave this way. Cannot believe that someone would do this. They need to come and apologize. They need to see things exactly the way that I see them. You know, I might be willing to give them a hearing if they approach me in the right way. It's one of those things where in relationships, we're so self-centered, we're so self-absorbed, sometimes we miss it, and instead of building bridges, we're burning bridges. James 4, 1 and 2 says, what causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not your passions at war within you? You desire and do not have, so you murder, you covet, you cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel you do not have because you do not ask. When it comes to peacemaking, though, we, we can't over-sentimentalize these things and think, okay, well, you know, it's just you never have any disagreements. You're always, you, you know, you just, you never quarrel. You never contend for things. You just kind of sit back and you're just quiet and you don't, you know, rock the boat. You don't make any waves. You don't ribble. But that's, that's not what Paul is talking about. Notice when he says this, he says, listen, and, and, and the implication in verse 18 is this, if possible. So Paul's saying, it may not be possible, but if possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. You say, okay, John, what does that mean? Well, peacemaking is not the same thing as peace achieving. I'm going to say that again. Peacemaking is not the same thing as peace achieving. You say, okay, well, what does that mean? Uh, how am I supposed to walk that out? He says, if it's possible, which means that it may not be possible, so what do we do? Well, I want you to know you don't buy peace at the cost of purity or truth. You don't buy peace at the cost of purity or truth. Living peaceably doesn't mean that you compromise non-negotiable gospel issues found in the Scripture. Now, let's, let's walk this out a little bit, because in, in the world in which we live, a lot of times you, you have the, you know, people who they'll talk about tolerance, and the idea of tolerance is really just you have to agree with me, you have to celebrate me, and you just have to be okay with whatever I tell you. The problem is the Scripture has told us who God is, who we are, and how we are to live. And so when it comes to peacemaking, we have to be careful then we're not willing to abandon Scripture just so we don't find ourselves in conflict. Conflict can be the door to intimacy or friendship. And we must not sacrifice the truth of Christ just to try to have people be happy with us. Hebrews 12, 14 says, Strive for peace with everyone and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Purity takes precedence over peace. Holiness is more important than compromise, even if it does not achieve peace. You see, when we think about peacemaking, sometimes we, we just 
over-sentimentalize it, and it's just supposed to be this easy thing that we just do and we're done, but that's not the case at all. And if we are to have peace with others, we got to understand what true biblical peacemaking looks like. So how do you make peace? How can I be a peacemaker? How can I work in my relationships? Well, we're going to build it out on the word peace. So we'll start with the P. Pray for and pursue peace. Pray for and pursue peace. When you are in conflict, when was the last time that you just sat down and said, okay, Lord, I'm going to go be in the same room with them. Pray that I will have a soft answer that might turn away wrath. Pray that I will check my own self-righteousness or my own pride. Give me an extra measure of humility and help me to desire peace more than getting my way and making them say, you were right. That is not natural for me. I don't know about you. Normally, I'm thinking, okay, gloves are off. Here we go. We're going to settle this, and it better be my way, right? When was the last time that you, you were like, okay, I'm going to go, and I'm going to seek peace, so I'm going to pray that the Lord will give me favor, and, and then I'm going to pursue it. And the way that I'm going to pursue it is I'm not going to think only about myself. It's not going to be all about me. It's going to be more about Jesus and more about reconciliation. Pray for and pursue peace. And don't settle for false peace. Don't, don't, don't settle for false peace. You say, okay, John, what's, what's false, false peace? Well, false peace is this. Somebody comes in the room, and you just unload every reason that you are upset with them, and you just feel better because you said it out loud and got it off your chest, right? That's not true peace. That's the false peace. That's now, I emotionally vomited all over you, and good luck cleaning up, right? We got to beware of these things. It's not avoiding the conversation, for the non-confrontationalists, it's not, okay, well, I'm just going, we won't talk about it. It'll just be fine. We'll just pretend that it never happened. And then there's this massive elephant sitting in the middle of the room, and we're all going, oh, we're fine. Kumbaya. Get the marshmallows, right? We got to beware of a false peace. It's not just either assimilating the blame or trying to make the other person happy and appease them either. I have those folks in my life where it's like they, they so desperately don't want there to be any conflict that they'll just, like, take the blame for it. My oldest of the kids, she was the one that just, she cannot stand it if people are not okay. And so if there would be conflict, which there is regularly in the Nick's household, she would just, she'd be like, I'm sorry. And I would ask her, what are you sorry for? I don't know. You know, people like that, it's like, you know, I just, I just don't want people to be mad, so I'm sorry. What are you sorry for? I don't know, but I'm sorry. Let's just be okay. That's a false peace. That's not really just getting someone appeased so that they'll stop acting so angry. That's not the kind of peace that we're talking about. You got to be aware of those things. So that's P. E, empathize with people. Now, this one's hard. This one's hard. You know, having that emotional intelligence is not a a natural thing for us. Thinking of others first instead of ourselves first is a challenge. How do you empathize with someone? Well, here's one of the problems that I have. Listen, and listen well. My wife 
has a little code that we've developed over these 26 years of marriage, and here's the way the code goes. John, I need you to listen with your eyes. Because, like, I hear stuff, but I'm not necessarily listening. You know what I mean? Like, you hear stuff all the time, but I'm not necessarily listening. It's gotta, you've got to listen well. And in that listening, it's not waiting until they take a breath, and as soon as they do, you jump on top of them and unload 47 paragraphs of what's wrong with them. It's listening because you really are seeking to understand and you want to respond in the right way. When that temperature is going up, try to bring the temperature down a little bit. When the words are getting louder, you get softer. Pursue peace, listen, and focus on what serves them best. Now, when I'm in conflict, my natural tendency is not to go, well, I wonder what would serve them well. That is not what I'm thinking at all. I'm thinking, you dirty, no good, low down. I'm going to make sure you get what's coming to you. And I'm going to make sure you get it worse than what I got. Now, I'm just a sinner desperately needing grace. I know y'all are way better than that. But when it comes to understanding how we pursue peace, if we're really going to empathize, we've got to listen. We've got to seek understanding and then think, how can I serve them? What serves them well? What serves them best? So pray for and pursue peace. Empathize. Third, address the problem, don't attack the person. Address the problem, don't attack the person. It is amazing what can happen at fast food restaurants. I, I, I went to Chick-fil-A because it is the Lord's chicken, Right? And at Chick-fil-A, we did our little order on the app, and we pulled into our little space, and we typed in our number, and, you know, it took a, took a minute to get there. I have no idea why. You know, maybe God's grease needed an extra degree or two. You know, whatever it is was going, it was a little bit longer, and I'm there. And I wasn't the only one, and so there were others. And, I, you know, I'm looking, and I, and I just appreciate these young men and women who are working there, and I, and I see this guy come out, and this lady gets out of her car, and I don't know what she said to him. I don't think I want to know what she said to him. But through furrowed eyebrows, loud voice, teeth, and a lot of hands, I don't know what she told him, but I, he earned every bit of his check that day. I know that. And, and I was thinking about this. The, the real problem was not this teenage kid who was just walking food out to the car. You got to address the problem. I'm in a hurry. I have people at my house. I got to figure out what's there. Not, you're the worst. What's wrong with you? When are you going to get my food out here? Right? And so when it comes to these things, we've got to pray for and pursue peace. We've got to empathize with people, but we need to address the problem, not attack the person. You got to learn to listen. To see, collaborate on a plan. And when you do this, start from a place of hope. Start from a place of hope. A lot of times when we're in conflict, we're like, oh man, this is never going to work. It's never going to get better. We're not going to make it. Work together. Think about those things. Be patient. Be wise. Work together. Collaborate. How, how can we fix this? How can we pursue peace so that in the future we're not assuming the worst? 
we're, we're, we're not building distrust. Instead, we're, we're trying to move together, not further apart. How do we do that? And last, encourage reconciliation more than resolution, but make sure it's not at the cost of truth. Encourage reconciliation more than resolution. You say, okay, what is that? Well, reconciliation is seeking peace. It's restoring the relationship. Resolution is we got to agree on something together. I want you to know there are just some things you may not agree on, i.e. all the stuff that you're not supposed to talk about, right? You may say, I'm never going to agree, and then lump into whatever tribe or division or however it works in your mind, but there's a difference between us loving people and winning arguments. And for Christians, Paul is saying, listen, I want you to know, I'm well aware that the Romans have killed a lot of Jewish people. I know that the church right now is about to face intense persecution, but as much as it depends on you, live peaceably with all, move toward them. We recognize that we don't have the same standards or worldview, move toward them. And if they're hurting, they bear the image of God, so serve them. If they're hungry, give them something to eat. If they're thirsty, give them something to drink. Be kind, generous, hospitable. Let them see that Jesus on the inside is a whole lot more than a bumper sticker or a trip to a building on Sunday. Let them see that a vibrant life in Jesus, abiding in him, has practical application for all relationships that you are in. As much as it depends on you, if it's possible, live peaceably with all men. I'm going to close with this. Spurgeon says this, may God give you peace with yourselves. May he give you goodwill toward all your friends, your enemies, and your neighbors. And may he give you grace to give glory to God in the highest. Who do you need to pursue peace with today? Christians live differently. We're not sacrificing truth, but we are loving our neighbors and we are loving our enemies. While we were still enemies of God, he showed his love for us. It wasn't because we did what he needed us to do. It wasn't because we obeyed perfectly. It wasn't because we were better than someone else. But while we were dead in our trespasses and sins and we were enemies of God himself, Christ came to reconcile us. And he's given us this ministry of peacemaking, of reconciliation. And because I have peace with God, now I can have peace with myself and I can pursue peace with others. What happens in the world around you? Do people see the evidence of grace? Can they say that you are an instrument of grace? When you are around, do they see wisdom? Do they see the evidence that Jesus on the inside is making a difference on the outside? Or are they at a place where they're like, you know what? They love me. And even when we don't agree, they still love me. They rally to me. They are moving toward me. They are a peacemaker. And I want you to know this. According to Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount, those who are the peacemakers bear the family resemblance. For they shall be called the sons of God. So in a polarized world where everybody trolls on some sort of social media, 
where nobody agrees about politics, social justice, racism, or whatever else we're facing, budgets. In all of those things, let us be a people who, because we belong to Jesus, that his banner over us is love, and that we move toward people. Pray for and pursue peace. Empathize with people. Address the problem. Don't attack the person. Collaborate on a plan together and emphasize reconciliation. So if possible, as much as it depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your peace. It's a peace that transcends and surpasses understanding. It's a peace that only you could bring about. It's a peace that while we were still the enemies of God, you loved us. And Jesus, you didn't consider that equality with God something to hang on to or cling to. Instead, you emptied yourself and you pursued peace. We couldn't make peace on our own. You are the divine initiator. You're the one who loved us. And so for the one who is here and feels like, you know what? I'm just not good enough. People aren't going to, they don't know what I've done. I've done too many bad things. God can't love me. I've got too many struggles. I'm still battling the same old addiction. I pray today that they will see that there is grace and love that surpasses their guilt and their shame. I pray that they will see that you are the God who not only brings peace, but pursues it. And at a cost, of your son. You have made a way for us to be reconciled. So as a minister of reconciliation and an ambassador of Jesus Christ, I pray, O Spirit of the living God, do what only you can. Grant repentance and salvation to those dead and their trespasses and sins. May a soul find peace today. Christ, be magnified, be glorified. Help us. And help us to be a people who are peacemakers and seek reconciliation. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.